0: Hello everyone! Welcome to Delta Dialogs Content Partner Program, where we talk to some of the leading experts in the field of technology to discuss how AI is impacting different sectors and industry, how it engages, or better said, changes the world. I'm Priya Deolani, your host, and I'm joined by my commentator, Emir Mustafa. Amidst the fast-paced advancements in technology, AI has been the most revolutionary creation, and it is expected to have a more prominent impact on the evolution of mankind. Automation had a large part to play in this endeavor with AI being the driving force behind it. From customer support to daily admin, AI has slowly but steadily streamlined the workflows that were once overflowing with redundancy. Now, there's a new team up that's set to take efficiency through the roof. It's the AI-powered voice technology. In the third episode, we will talk about AI conversation platforms and with us, we have Mr. Ganesh Gopalan, CEO of Gnani.ai, a global leader in the field of conversational AI. Hello, Ganesh, how are you doing?
1: All great, uh, great to uh, speak to you again and uh, thanks for having me here.
0: Glad to have you with us today. So um, you know, we would start with uh, telling with with you telling us more about the company, your role in the company, and the services that the company offers.
1: So uh, first and foremost, you know, I'm uh, you know, a first-time entrepreneur. I started this company along with my co-founder ranant Nagraj, and uh, we were uh, colleagues at Texas Instruments, and uh, it was clear to us that we need to set up a deep tech company. And we started off with the dream of, uh, you know, setting up this whole deep tech company out of India uh, and came out of a lot of inspiration that we saw when we were at TI. And uh, the good news is that, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, we are kind of leaders today in the conversational AI space uh, with a bunch of patents uh, and also a bunch of scientists, I would say, uh, working in our team, uh, you know, doing some heartbreaking work uh, in the field of AI.
0: Glad to know that, uh, Ganesh. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, Also, to add to that, I would say that uh, you have been recently uh, chosen to serve India's representative in Global Partnership on Artificial Intelligence. So how do you feel about that? And uh, what would you like to tell our listeners about it?
1: So first and foremost, uh, GPAY, as it is pronounced, uh, I guess, uh, is an an international body, right? And uh, it's got multiple stakeholders in it including uh, academicians, it's got government, it's got experts, and so on, right? Uh, It's got, like, people from 29 countries, right? And the purpose of this is very clear, Uh, you know, how to make sure that the right advancements take place in AI, right? How people can share their knowledge, right? And how the entire world can benefit from this. So, uh, you know, obviously, it's still evolving, but, uh, you know, i think it's going to play a very important role uh, you know in the years ahead and uh, this is an important year for uh, us in india because uh, again uh, uh, you know that india has been uh, chosen as uh, you know being on the chair of gpa in uh, from november of this year So it's a great honor and uh, privilege uh, to be part of uh, this body
0: definitely i think uh, that's that's a really uh, great news and uh, having said that i think all the activities of gpa are uh, focused on um, responsible development of ai uh, which have their principles grounded in terms of human rights uh, inclusion diversity or economic growth for that matter. So uh, having said that, how would you um, uh, intend to use this opportunity? Uh, or probably you can, I would like to ask, like, is there a roadmap that you have in your mind in terms of uh, serving GPAY in India?
1: See, uh, GPAY has a number of components, or what they call expert groups, right? And uh, one of the important ones that you pointed out was obviously responsible AI, right? Uh, it also has various other things like data governance. It's got uh, it's got a very interesting group actually on uh, you know how to further uh, you know the advancement of AI in practical things like uh, for example agriculture or healthcare, right? Uh, and you know how it can help SMEs, right? So uh, the way I look at it is uh, you know AI is extraordinarily important today for any nation's growth, right? And uh, it's one of the cornerstones of the growth of any nation in the coming, I would say, 25 to 30 years. And if you recently uh, read about uh, what Bill Gates said, said this is the age of AI, right? And uh, so uh, if we have to grow uh, as a nation, uh, we have to uh, definitely, uh, you know, utilize AI in the most effective way uh, and the most ethical way. Uh, as you rightly pointed out, so that uh, we benefit, right? And uh, I think this is a problem with the entire world, right? Uh, you know, and today I was also listening to, uh, you know, reading up some stuff where, uh, you know, a lot of folks are saying, you know, should we stop the growth of certain aspects of, uh, you know, all this uh, the NLP technology that's, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, caught the world by storm, right? Until uh, you know, safeguards are put into it. So you can, uh, you know, so this is becoming very important. And uh, so what we hope or I hope is that, uh, you know, through the learnings that uh, I can get from this, uh, you know, being part of this body, how can our country benefit, uh, right? How can, uh, you know, uh, we develop better systems? How can we utilize it for, uh, you know, all the important problems that uh, you know, exist?
2: I have actually a question uh, regarding this aspect, uh, Ganesh, because I know that uh, in Europe there are a lot of uh, regulations regarding uh, AI, and there is going to be an AI Act, um, which is going to hinder, according to experts, again, the development of AI in different aspects. And I wanted to ask you as a as a uh, as an expert within the industry. Um, Are there any policy infrastructures uh, in your case, then in India, that that hinders you in any way regarding the development of AI or on the contrary, that helps you develop your AI, like regarding the policy infrastructure uh, that you guys have over there? Are there any challenges um, that that you face uh, regarding policy infrastructure? Or, yeah, and on the contrary, if there are not, uh, is there anything that helps you along the way?
1: So, I think uh, a lot of this in the works, right? And we are seeing uh, new policies come up every day, right? Uh, And uh, for example, uh, I think uh, this week, uh, ICMR has just published a policy on AI in healthcare, right? This is the Indian Council for Medical Research, right? Uh, And we are seeing other policies coming up in various other aspects of law. But I think uh, where I think role of, you know, these organizations like GPA and many others can play is also to see the best practices around the world, right? And, uh, you know, see how it can be applied, uh, you know, to the local geography, the local environment, and so on and so forth, right? So obviously, uh, one of the biggest, uh, you know, Things that are typically talked about in AI is stuff like biases, for example, in training, right? How can you be responsible to make sure that, uh, you know, these things, uh, you know, don't become a major part of uh, uh, or major hindrance to the growth of AI, right? Uh, I was talking to this uh, dentist the other day, right? And he was telling me about, you know, some research that, uh, you know, had happened recently where they found biases uh, in, uh, you know, Uh, you know, how pain can be handled by different, uh, you know, ethnic groups, right? And the data was flawed. And because the data was flawed, uh, this is uh, some research done in the U.S. and it gave to, uh, you know, the wrong outcomes, right? And he was coming up with this whole model of saying, you know what? It doesn't matter to me because what really matters is uh, the data that I have for the local Indian geography, Right. Uh, the algorithms may be similar or the same, which needs some minor tuning. But what I really need is uh, the right data. right? So now if that data has to be collected again, uh, you know, how do you collect it responsibly? Make sure that again, there are no biases while collecting that data. Right? So there's a bunch of things that are happening. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, you know all the things are in place. Uh, again, whether they are hindrances or the right things to do, it's not very clear right uh, at the same time uh, the business that we are in is uh you know quite exciting uh, we are in voice ai right and we also do a bunch of things on the nlp side and in our case uh you know we are here to uh you know make sure that voice as uh, you know as a mode of communication with machines really picks up and if you really step back and look why this is so important is uh, fundamentally because you know, the whole digital divide that you see, right, uh, you know, is because, for example, in our country, uh, people speak in a bunch of languages, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, typically when we talk to machines, we don't use voice today, right? And that is the really the com- most common denominator that can be used, right? So whether we are, you know, talking about our payment systems, uh, such as Beam. Uh, Whether we are talking about uh, banking transactions, whether we are talking about, uh, you know, access to health information, all this stuff, uh, you know, the best way to do it is voice. And that's why we got into this whole voice AI space to start with. And uh, we find it very exciting and the potential to impact, uh, you know, in a very positive way is immense, right? Uh, And obviously there are many ideas on how we should go about doing this, uh, you know, but uh, the way I look at it is at least there's a common goal, right, and, uh, uh, you know, some of these organizations and working with various stakeholders, uh, say, within the country and outside is going to help to come to the right consensus, consensus of what's really needed for the country
0: right I think uh, when we're talking about uh, voice boards um, human speech is is extremely complex I believe and way back then when we thought of automating um, those or uh, the conversations that humans have was was kind of impossible way back but today now with the help of AI and automation I think uh, we are trying to make interaction as seamless as possible of course with the help of machines like I said but um. Now, since we are talking about uh, conversational AI and, and how voice voicebots can um, help improve businesses, I think one of the initial frontiers that we have uh, witnessed in terms of using voice AI is has been in the customer service area. Uh, however, I would like to ask you, how do you think that it can help uh, transform the healthcare industry? And if you can just help us with some of the examples or, or your platform is trying to achieve here in terms of the healthcare industry.
1: So yeah, so let me take that up. Uh, so for, uh, I'll give you some examples, right? So some of the problems that happened, say during COVID, right? And this, these are problems that happened across the world. Uh, access to basic health information was missing. So uh, you know, I was talking to this. Uh, I was in the US last week, and I was talking to this customer and said that look, the biggest problem was people were trying to call large hospitals, right? and ask basic questions about COVID, right? And uh, firstly, whether they had COVID, what should they do if they got it, you know, uh, and bunch of other questions. And a lot of cases, they had to wait for like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes actually to speak to someone. Firstly, people are not available on the other side to take the calls. And on the other hand, uh, you know, the, the IT systems are not today capable of handling such, such sudden increases in volumes, right? So a lot of these questions went unanswered and people were uh, not really happy, right? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of money efforts are spent on the healthcare systems around the world, but in a crisis, it couldn't handle, uh, you know, uh, or couldn't uh, offer the ability to answer basic questions. So what we're doing, for example, now uh, with a healthcare aggregator in the US, right, is uh, to have machines, I would say what we call our bots on the other side, right? Uh, which will handle a bunch of these queries, right? It will handle queries related to healthcare issues, it will handle uh, queries related to any questions that they may have, any administrative issues. A more common thing is, what about booking appointments, right? I mean, so the other thing is, if you want to meet a healthcare person, right, Uh, you know, and it's often very difficult to, you know, make that whole system happen, so we have now the ability uh, that we built in through voice, through chat, or any platform, okay, any channel. Uh, you can very easily book appointments, uh, cancel appointments, schedule appointments. Uh, and uh, we are helping a bunch of these uh, healthcare aggregators, uh, you know, uh, who work with EHR systems like Epic and a bunch of other things, uh, you, know, uh, you know, help large hospitals to get their basic efficiency, uh, you know, in place. Right. So what we are doing, maybe uh, you know, maybe considered maybe mundane compared to uh, say drug discovery and all those fancy things, right? Uh, but uh, I feel that uh, this is like is going to be a huge benefit to healthcare systems, right? And a huge benefit to uh, especially people who are seeking uh, healthcare in times of crisis. So uh, you know, quite excited on uh, some of these journeys that we're going through. Uh, And uh, we feel that uh, this is a huge opportunity for us and uh, also in terms of the impact that it can have on the whole uh, healthcare system.
0: Very true. I think um, the use of voice AI has has made the entire process in terms of interacting with customers or if you take into account healthcare industry in terms of interacting with the patients has become quite frictionless and customers or patients are really happy with uh, how machines can uh, help them have, have deliver better patient care that way. Um, but I would like to touch upon one aspect that in the earlier response that you said that uh, the quality of data uh, is so important these days. And um, if the data is flawed, your results and outputs, the AI models uh, that will work will also be flawed. So in this case, in terms of um, Giani.ai, how do you ensure that you have quality data and that can help build a better output or results in terms of how your platform is delivering results?
1: See, uh, what we typically do is, you know, we have these ready models available off the shelf or routine stuff, like for example, appointment booking, right? So we have these models time and tested over the last three to four years, right? and uh, you know and we're fairly confident of the accuracy of these systems now when it comes to say information about uh, say healthcare uh, i would say for certain diseases or you know certain kind of uh, you know basic information to be given to patients uh, so where we typically rely on is the professionals right and uh, the second thing is we pick up the data or from uh, you know healthcare systems like, you know, EHR systems like Epic and you a know, bunch of others, right? Uh, but the important part of this is that, uh, you know, uh, the whole uh, AI systems need to be monitored, right? Uh, and uh, you need to have, uh, you know, constant retraining, right? To find out where the systems uh, give incorrect results and uh, have a system to retrain them over time so that the results get better. So we're not... Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to have perfect systems from day one, uh, but the the beauty of this the whole uh, ML systems are that uh, you know they can improve over time, right? And uh, very soon uh, you know come up to an accuracy which is uh, you know highly acceptable. So it's very important uh, in answer to your question is uh, to be careful on what data we process, right? And uh, secondly, to be very careful on uh, Making sure that you know the systems are retrained and constantly monitored to make sure that uh, none of these uh, you know, issues happen. From our side, I mean, we are obviously working on non—I would say—you know—potentially uh, systems that aren't directly involved with stuff like drug discovery or uh, you know stuff like that. But uh, even uh, you know, even for the R systems, it's important to keep retraining and to make sure that uh, these systems are always working and. Of, of the
2: highest sectors. Uh, I want to ask a follow-up question upon this. It's, it's just th- this one major challenge that I keep seeing is um, using this kind of AI and also working together with companies that have uh, been developing this kind of voice AI. In general, when I pick up my phone and I'm, I'm calling the bank, the first uh, first thing I, I encounter is the, is the AI, you know, saying like, say whatever you want to talk about in a few words. And, and, and I try, and you know, sometimes it goes smoothly, but sometimes it, it won't, it will say, do you mean this? And do you mean that? And then, you know, like you need to speak to an actual person to get your message across. Um, so, And this happens when when I'm talking about, like, you know, my own language or or my mother tongue. And when I think about, you know, especially you said also in the beginning, a country like India, you have so many different languages. And I would believe, I would then believe that it would be a major challenge to actually make an accurate uh, version of this. So especially in all these diverse languages, or when people have different dialects for the same language. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, how has the progress been on making uh, this voice AI as accurate as possible in, in, in uh, your company's case? So
1: I'll, I'll answer two, uh, two of your questions. Uh, first is on uh, you know the languages, right, and how many languages we support, and how important it is, right? The second question is that I'll answer on the CX based on your experience, right? Uh, let's start with, uh, uh, you know, going with the second answer first. Uh, you know, uh, what I would advise you is, uh, you know, maybe to uh, take up systems built by my company, right? Uh, uh, hopefully our systems are far <laughs> better than uh, your bad experience with, uh, you know, some of the providers that you work with. Uh, at the same time, uh, I'd like to point out that, so it's very important uh, You know, for AI systems that provide things like efficiency and, you know, scale to also take care of the CX element, right? And in your case or your experience that you had uh, with your provider, you obviously didn't experience, uh, you know, the right way that the customer should be treated, right? And uh, so that's very important as well. So as an aside, there's a second product that we have, right? And this product is what we call as Agent Assist, right? And in this, so we have two products, right? I mean, one for automation and one for assist, and both are real time. So the on the you know the automation product, what really happens is that we help customers, right? Uh, you know, get quick answers to routine questions where you know instead of an agent, you have a bot. But there's another product called Assist, where you know all that it does is provides the next best action to the agent. So it's essentially helping the agent through AI, but it's not the, I would say the, you know, the agent, the, the bot that, that is, you know, answering your questions. Now, obviously, the agent can use some amount of human intelligence, but he's guided towards that path. And what really happens here is it reduces the time for training. Uh, it reduces the, you know, how difficult it is to give information to the agents to answer the and customer properly but at the same time you have the same agents answering uh, the questions right uh, and especially if you have like sensitive topics you definitely don't want today to have uh, you know bots answering uh, you know people right and in those cases it's good to have uh, you know agent assist uh, you know as a product and that's something that we're very excited about and working with a you know bunch of companies today right? answer to a second question on languages right uh, and so we we started off as a speech-to-text company, right? Uh, so when we got out of TI, we started. We said, next three years, we don't do any commercial stuff, right? And we're going to build the best speech systems in the world. And at that time, I remember there were no ASR or speech-to-text systems for any Indian language, right? And that's how we said, we started off and said, this is something that is important and this is what we're going to build, right? And we didn't know what how good we were, right? But in a couple of years, people benchmarked us. And they found us uh, to be better than the likes of, uh, you know, the systems that were thrown out by the global gens, right? And uh, soon enough, uh, we now have about 10 plus languages, uh, probably definitely the only company uh, in India, for example, who has such a vast range of languages. And the way that we contribute to is also multifold. The data, as we all be speaking about, is extremely important, right? And we have uh, the largest collection of, I will say today the annotated data in the world for a bunch of these Indian languages. We're talking about like 250,000 hours, for example, right? And uh, you know, obviously, we have techniques to capture this data, uh, but we have captured this data for every language. We've made sure that every dialect of India, uh, every uh, geographical location of India, uh, is covered by these uh, by this data, right? So it's got the right diversity. It's also got the right noise components. Like, right? if you've been in India, you know that uh, you know the the noise that you hear in an auto rickshaw is very different from the noise you hear uh, when you're traveling by train or uh, you know when you're even walking down the road very often, right? Uh, you know. So, uh, so we have done all that effort of you know capturing the data, putting in the right noises, uh, capturing, I would say, uh, uh, you know, spoken voice in the All the environments that you see you know you actually encounter right and uh, that's the reason our systems i would say speech to text systems are probably today the most accurate for indian languages and we're also building this for other languages around the world right for example we have a now a good model for the u.s english for spanish as spoken in the u.s we're building something for bahasa we have something for mandarin uh, you know but and then we have english as spoken in various other parts of the world right so we have a separate model for singapore english uh, we have multiple models for the U.S. English. We have uh, a model for uh, U.K. English. We have a model for Australian English. Right? So we have all this stuff, and it's also because of uh, you know the efforts that we put in to collect the right amount of data and so on and so forth. So uh, having said all that, uh, you know you don't get perfect systems. Uh, speech is not a completely solved problem today. Right? Uh, but what's important to have, uh, you know, AI-trained models to solve your application. Now, going back to the problem that you faced, right, uh, where you, uh, you know, talked to a bank, uh, I think you said where, you know, uh, it couldn't understand some of the things that you were saying. So what it really needs, is that my, my guess is what they were doing is they were using some third-party APIs, right, for the speech-to-text and tried to build out a, a conversational bot. Uh, but typically what we see is for the best accuracies, you often need custom models at every stage, right? I mean, give you an example. Uh, we work with, uh, you know, a large Indian brand, we obviously know, the Tata group and, uh, you know, work with motors. Uh, and in this, uh, some of the questions that, you know, people ask is like, and the answer to those questions, they need to give the, the right car models, right? Now, if you take any third-party APIs, uh, you know, these systems will not be able to capture the right uh, car models, right? Uh, but we built a custom speech model that will just capture, you know, the car models that people speak about with the highest level of accuracy, right? Because we know that it's a finite set. Now, in cases like this, we see that, uh, you know, the fact that obviously we have our own speech systems, we have, the ability to do custom models plays a huge part in uh, you know uh, having great accuracies and having uh, you know satisfied customers
0: that's that's quite uh, uh, insightful uh, ganesh and i think emir highlighted a very important point in terms of the linguistic barriers that we have in india that way um continuing to uh, what emir uh, mentioned uh, another follow up question that i have is uh, what emir mentioned was some of the disc- discrepancies that we are witnessing in terms of voice recognition even though we are using ai uh, now that's one particular challenge that what emir highlighted i also want to understand like are there any other challenges that um the company is facing or the overall uh, conversational ai uh, industry is facing right now and are you also um uh, how are you planning to overcome this challenge
1: so I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, voice technology, if you take just that piece, right? People have been trying to do it right from the 1950s, right? This is like always the holy grail, right? Uh, I think the in while we can criticize it, I think the, the reality is in the last 10 years, it has really, uh, you know, advanced tremendously, right? And uh, it's really got to a point where companies can start using it commercially. And that that's the reason why we work with a lot of companies. around 50 plus companies around the world. That includes uh, large corporations, uh, SMEs, even NGOs, right? Uh, for example, we're working, uh, you know, uh, with an NGO that's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, improve maternal health, right? And by providing a bot kind of structure, right, uh, system to, you know, uh, provide the right answers uh, to pregnant mothers and so on. So, so there's like huge opportunities in this uh, whole game. Uh, and the uh, other thing I'd like to tell you is that for all, I mean, the, you know, the elephant in the room that you didn't mention is uh, all this uh, stuff about ChatGPT, right? And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the tremendous amount of work that they have done in the NLP space, right? Uh, now, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a reality that we see that this is a phenomenal development that has happened, right? Uh, While this is just the beginning, and we be seeing like, we also, it's not just one implementation that we looked at. We looked at uh, several other large LLM models, uh, you know, and there are several now to choose from, right? And we are playing around with quite a few of them. And uh, this is like, going to have a huge positive impact on this whole industry, right? Uh, So the opportunities are going to be immense for a lot of stuff that we thought, uh, you know, you cannot use. Uh, you know, I uh, today I'm talking more on the NLU side. Right? But typically, when you say voice, you first convert the voice to text, and then you, you know, need to process the text to, you know, come up with your, uh, you know, uh, you know the outcomes that you need. Right? So, uh, so the point here is that, you know, the because firstly people are more aware of what this technology can do because. Right now, for the first time, CEOs have been able to go down and you know check as to what ChatGPT can do. So there's so there's a huge interest uh, among uh, the top stakeholders in any organization to uh, you know implement something like this because people are actually seeing the power. And I have to say that uh, you know even for folks in the industry like we are, I think we barely scratched the surface, right? Uh, you know and uh, the opportunities that these kind of products are throwing up, right, are tremendous, right? And we have actually uh, integrated now, or I would say incorporated uh, generative AI into, you know, all our products. So we have four fundamental products, and I talked about a couple of them earlier, but we have incorporated generative AI into all our products because the potential that they have, uh, you know, is tremendous, uh, you know, i'll give you a simple example right so uh, we have a we have what's called a no code low-code platform right which makes it very easy to build bots visually right so you don't need to know any coding and you can just you know drag and drop few components and your bot is ready and these could be on any channel could be voice could be chat could be insta right on any channel right now but uh, now what we found is that when we started playing around with generative ai we realized you know what? We don't even need to create the visual stuff. We could just, specific, you know, we could have partners and customers specify a scenario, right? And uh, you could get this whole, you know, the whole bot built out so quickly. Right? Uh, the other thing with uh, bots was, uh, you know, it uh, did great for stuff within the domain, right? But if you had something from outside the domain, which is available just on the internet, right? A lot of people found it uh, difficult because how much information can you provide to both But now with generative AI uh, and the ability to constrain it for a context, uh, you can do great stuff for both uh, what I call as uh, in-domain and uh, you know out-of-domain kind of queries, right? I mean, I'm very excited because, for example, we're working with an e-commerce company uh, out of Britain now, and uh, what we're doing for them is, uh, you know, answering, firstly, a bunch of questions that they may have uh, in choosing, for example, a shoe that they want to buy, right? And the questions could be uh, as generic as saying, you know what, I have knee pain, right? Uh, Can you suggest the right shoe for me, right? So what the system can do is, you know, obviously take, uh, you know, some information from the internet or the the stuff that it's being trained on, right? Uh, Come to some sort of conclusion, but again, we constrain that data with, the products that we have on our particular e-commerce store, right? And then we suggest, you know what, for your use case, uh, this is the best product that we can offer. And a lot of this was very difficult to do earlier. Uh, and uh, this is a great opportunity for that. I mean, similar stuff that we do is, uh, you know, we can actually go through like millions of call recordings or past calls, right? Very quickly now and summarize it. Also build, uh, you know, have that as, you know, uh, Giving the context for any future calls that, you know, other customers may give, right? And have the AI either suggest the right answer to the agents through agent assist, or uh, if you are automating it, uh, just give the answer to the customer's directly. So the the potential for, uh, you know, this technology, or I would say voice AI, or across the board, uh, you know, I would say omni-channel bots and all this stuff, has really grown, you know, gone up tremendously, especially with, uh, you know, what we've been seeing in the last couple of months. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, getting to office is now been so exciting for most of our, uh, let say, product teams, because they have this whole new toy to play with, right? And uh, and the potential of this toy is, uh, you know, tremendous. And for us, the advantage is we have our deep tech that solves uh, certain pieces uh, or important components of the whole puzzle. And without our piece, the puzzle will never be complete. Uh, but we are open to using uh, certain elements from outside, like, you know, some, uh, such as a generative AI piece to solve some elements of the puzzle that you know we can't possibly solve. So
2: keep an open mind on it.
1: But, uh, you know, uh, the fact remains that the good news is, uh, the opportunity here is that, uh, you know, uh, people now understand the potential of this technology, right? Uh, and uh, in the coming years, you'll see a lot more companies, uh, you know, are trying this out in the first place, and then uh, you know, using it uh, to solve various problems.
0: This this makes quite a lot of sense, I believe. And uh, when you're talking about NLP or AI, I think they have gradually now become omnipresent. Is what I would give the word uh, to these technologies. Uh, we have all used Alexa and Siri, and it was earlier in our in our smartphones. Now we can connect it in our car and just uh, so that we can focus on a driving and just say, okay, hey Alexa, hey Siri, how can you help? So I think we are advancing in that direction. Um, of course, uh, developed countries like the USA are already making strides in the conversational AI and, like you mentioned, the use of generative AI uh, to help solve certain challenges over here. Uh, but I want to uh, have like a more perspective uh, towards mm-hmm. the Indian landscape because I believe. Um, India is right now positioned to leverage huge amounts of data set to uh, build frameworks that can help empower people or businesses and overall uh, evolve and help the humankind in, in Indian perspective. Um, I would want to know, uh, since now India has become the council chair of the GPA, how do you think this can help uh, in terms of um, fostering more AI related research and development in our country? Though I know that uh, we are already uh, uh, investing and putting a lot of efforts in terms of AI development and research, uh, but somehow I feel we are still lagging behind in terms when compared to other countries. So, how do you think this th- does this hold like an opportunity uh, for India to change its 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 more of a form in terms of fostering more, uh, encouraging more development in the AI field?
1: See, I think uh, firstly in answer to your question, uh, what I have seen is. Uh... Uh, acceptance of AI in commercial organizations is tremendously high in developing countries, right? Uh, And sometimes far more than the developed countries. I mean, and uh, I can tell you that, you know, based on the conversations that I have with, uh, you know, customers in India, customers in Africa, customers in Europe and the US, we are seeing the acceptance of AI as a huge uh, leap forward for companies in uh, like countries like India, I mean, I can tell you that, for example, you work a lot with the banking and financial industry, right? and in India, we see uh, you know companies using us for almost everything, right? Uh, right from uh, say lead qualification to collections to uh, you, know, you know understanding what customers think of their products. So it's like the opportunities of AI are fundamentally uh, for you know, countries like India is we can actually leap forward several generations of IT development that happened uh, in countries like the US, right? Uh, and uh, you know, directly move into something really fantastic, right? Uh, which is a little more difficult for some of the developed markets in some cases where they're stuck with legacy systems and uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to replace them, right? Uh, having said that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, from a broader AI perspective, right? And there's some great work that's happening even in Indian, uh, I would say, academic, academic institutions uh, like the ISC and a bunch of others, right? Uh, and uh, the the opportunity, uh, you know, is tremendous, and uh, you know, being part of this GP a- GP. Uh, especially with India being the chair this year and, uh, you know, the Honorable Minister, uh, I think Rajiv Chandra Shekharji being, uh, you know, uh, handling the chair. I think uh, this is a huge opportunity for, uh, you know, us to uh, learn the best practices, which, you know, some of the other countries may be doing uh, and make sure that uh, more importantly, we don't make some of the mistakes that, uh, you know, may happen in uh, the earlier adoption right and uh, so it's a huge opportunity obviously uh uh for uh, you know for us especially things like i would say like i said on healthcare and agriculture and you know i did talk about some work that we are doing uh, even for like things like maternal health right and uh, the opportunities are tremendous right to solve some of the bigger problems in our country like for example uh, you know if you take maternal health malnutrition education, uh, and uh, AI will play a huge role going forward. While, uh, you know, I would definitely say that India is at the forefront of adoption of AI technologies in the corporate sector, right? Uh, but the the potential uh, for AI to make a huge impact on the country is, uh, you know, tremendous. I was, you know, and the amount of data that we have in our country and how to utilize it to the best manner Uh, you know, so that we get, uh, you know, huge benefit for our people uh, is, uh, you know, going to be the biggest opportunity. uh, And I hope that uh, I contribute at least a little bit towards this uh, by being part of uh,
0: G. Glad to know that I think uh, your response has helped me gain a new perspective towards uh, the acceptance of AI in India, because I've met so many people or I've interviewed so many people and I think what all, most of them have said that, you know, India is still lagging in terms of the adoption or acceptance. Uh, but um, I guess um, your perspective has, your response has, has made me believe that, okay, yes, India is actually in terms of uh, adopting AI, is, is making strides. And of course, um, other government uh, strategies like the Niti Aayog and all are also somehow encouraging the more adoption of um, AI in our country um so having said that uh, when we are talking about conversational ai um i we as as a human as one such user of conversational ai i believe like you said there are more opportunities to unleash so uh, i would of course would want to uh, see something like you know probably emir said that how uh, if we will have a, like a voice enabled chat, chat gpt ai so how do you think uh, would be the future of a uh, conversational ai
1: so i think the... Uh... Future of conversational AI is, uh, you know, uh, going to be answered in the next few years, right? And uh, you have to go back and look at adoption of AI. Uh, I would say adoption of conversational AI, and the best way to look at it is, uh, you know, adoption of, uh, you know, uh, systems like Siri and Alexa, right? Uh, when they first came out, right? Uh, I remember, uh, you know, everybody thought that, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, And in the very near future, we'll all be, you know, doing our e-commerce by speaking to uh, mobile phones, right? And that was the grand promise that, you know, all these systems came up with. But, uh, you know, uh, what we, uh, you know, realized as a whole is two things, right? Uh, Firstly, culturally, right? Uh, You know, if you are used to certain ways of accessing a device, uh, like touch for example in mobile phones is going to be difficult for you to switch right uh, secondly uh, the technologies on the voice side have uh, you know uh, have not advanced to the uh, level that we expected it to uh, achieve right uh for example uh, you try all you know you try using any of these products and it will fail like three out of uh, say ten times right and uh, that then doesn't make uh, commercial sense if you start charging for that service right and uh, so that's the whole uh, challenge that has been there in this uh, while the advancements have been tremendous uh, you know but uh, for generic i would say voice ai it has uh, you know still not uh, reached the uh, you know holy grail that of real acceptance right? uh, what we focus on, for example, is solving specific problems in voice AI, right? So we look at more niche problems, like say, for example, in the customer service environment, we're looking at solving problems related to answering queries, say, in, say banking space, right? Or sometimes as specific as the lending space, right? And the more niche you get to these things, right, the more accurate voice technologies are, right? And we do offer this in today, 20 plus languages, right? Uh, you know, and I know that we're doing something for say Bangladesh, uh, you know, say Bengali has spoken in Bangladesh. Uh, we are working with, uh, you know, a bunch of languages in India. We're working with uh, various, with the Midwestern drawl. We're working with, you know, so various, uh, I would say, accents of uh, multiple languages, right? And uh, so uh, today, Voice technologies are used, or we are seeing the effectiveness when you go more niche, right? And the generic systems like Siri and Alexa have kind of halted in their progress, right? Uh, But the other aspect to notice is that uh, if you talk to our kids, for example, uh, uh, I have two sons, and they don't use touch. So when they interact with mobile phones, they only speak. Right. And, uh, you know, they get their answers, uh, you know, through the Google assistance or Siri. Right. Uh, So uh, there's also this whole cultural thing that is uh, going to happen uh, because for investments to take place in, uh, you know, various technologies or specific technologies, you also need good adoption. Right. So it's always the chicken and egg thing. Right. And uh, definitely, I think the next generation is going to be uh, more accepting of voice technologies. So you are going to see, uh, you know, everything from, uh, you know, ordering a grocery from a store, which, you know, again, uh, was a dream. And we get, I would say once a month, I get a request from a company saying, can you do this for me, right? Uh, I don't want, I know, I want, you know, grocery orders to be taken, uh, you uh, you know, by telephone and any Indian language or any Indian dialect. And recently I got a request from, Indonesia, last last one, I got it from Malaysia, right? Uh, you know, but given uh, you know the various variants of, uh, you know, the spoken technology and the various ways in which, say, for example, uh, uh, you know, a particular product is spelt out in the minds of people, uh, you know, it's not as uh, easy as it sounds, right? Uh, to use the pun, if I may. So it's, uh, uh, you know, but the opportunities uh, are tremendous, and I'm a firm believer that uh, you know, forget about all this grocery ordering, is going to be very trivial, and we look at it as a trivial problem that uh, got solved in the next couple of maybe a three or four years. Uh, but I'm also a big believer in uh, it that you know, even humanoid robots are not too far away, right? And uh, uh, it may seem a dream today, but uh, I think. Uh, Next few years, uh, we're going to see revolutions in a bunch of these things, right? Uh, And uh, you're going to see voice uh, and video, right, as uh, two huge components of, uh, you know, interacting, uh, that humans will interact to machines using uh, some of these technologies. And it's not too far away. Uh, I'm uh, convinced that, uh, you know, uh, given the progress that we've seen in the last few years, uh, this is going to really happen.
0: Very true. I think uh, in the near future, we would uh, witness where we humans are talking to machines. I think the only thing that will matter is accuracy, speed and, and the overall customer satisfaction. And I believe once um, industry-wide voice assistance or AI-powered voice technological solutions are adopted, uh, it can help enhance our uh, business operations in every possible way. But however, I feel uh, the focus should be more on creating customized uh, solutions, uh, targeting some of the most crucial problem statements where, of course, voice technology will help us and without uh, the need of any third-party involvement like you mentioned earlier. So that way, I believe the future is really, really promising in the conversational AI space. Well, thank you so much, Ganesh, for uh, taking out time for us and giving us some um, real world insights in terms of how conversational AI is changing every business sphere and also helping us evolve in the entire humankind. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Priya. Thank you, Amir. Uh, It was great talking to you.
0: And this is for our listeners. Thank you for listening to our podcast and stay tuned for our next podcast till then. Stay healthy and stay knowledgeable. Thank you.